Good morning, everybody. It is Monday morning, September 18th, 2017. This is Mike Lyon with the Wicked Awesome Boston Sports Podcast. I hope everybody had a very nice weekend and that you spent it with family, friends, and had a good time. Odds are, if you are a New England sports fan, you spent yesterday watching the New England Patriots, and it was a good Sunday for you. The Patriots get back to their winning ways. They win in relatively convincing fashion. Final score, 36-20 to over the New Orleans Saints in the Superdome. The Patriots go to 1-1 one one on the season. Uh, no record in the conference yet, but 1-1 one one on the season. And get back to doing what they do extremely well on offense, which is putting the ball in Tom Brady's hands uh, and letting Tom Brady win the game for them. Brady has a tremendous day. 30 out of 39. Uh, something around the, something around 440 to 450 yards, three touchdowns, one to Rex Burkhead, one to Rob Gronkowski, one to Chris Hogan. We'll get to all three of those guys a little bit later. Uh, but Brady is tremendous all day long. Uh, he does it against a defense that isn't very good. The Saints defense is not good. It's one of the worst in the league. Hasn't been good in some time. Uh, and the defense plays generally pretty well. Uh, you hold Drew Brees to 20 points in his own building, uh, and it's a pretty good accomplishment. They got a couple of fourth down stops. Uh, there's still a couple of miscommunications in the secondary. Stephon Gilmore lets another huge play go. Uh, so there's there's issues at the cornerback position for certain, uh, and we're going to get to that. That's a potentially big story in a little bit. But uh, generally speaking, it's a good day for the Patriots. Uh, all three fa- They won all three phases of the game. Uh, they did miss an extra point. Guskowski missed an extra point, but that's to be expected over the course of a long season anyway. Uh, and they win the game in convincing fashion. It was what they needed. They get it done, and they're back to 1-1 one and one on the season with a very, very winnable game against the Houston Texans coming up on Sunday. So let's break the game down from a lot of different angles, and uh, there's a lot of storylines coming from this one. Uh, as we go forward this week. So we'll break it down and uh, we'll take a look at what's, what's, what's ahead. So I think the big story of the game is the offense getting back on track and how Brady is able to find rhythm again after a season opening game against the Chiefs in which he never seemed to be comfortable, even though the Patriots were, were leading the game going into the fourth quarter and of course got annihilated in the fourth quarter leading to a double-digit loss. But, I, you know, he found a ton of rhythm in this one, and the way he did it was to run the offense on a day when he was missing uh, all but three wide receivers. He did it by throwing the ball to James White. James White caught eight passes uh, for something around, around 70 or 80 yards. I don't remember. I don't have the official statistics in front of me as I'm in the car, as I am every morning. But White uh, takes the place of a pass catcher, as I suspected the Patriots would do, they, they, they involve him in the running, in the, excuse me, in the passing game pretty heavily, uh, and he plays a big role, just as he did the last time he played in a domed building in Houston for Super Bowl, that last Super Bowl that they played and won against the, the Atlanta Falcons. So uh, a good game for James White. He's certainly come, he's certainly going to be a big part of the offense moving forward. It's questionable why he wasn't on last Thursday, but that game's in the rearview mirror now. Uh, Gronk also has a big one. You got to look at the replay of the touchdown pass to understand how how great of a play it actually was. I mean, it, it seemed like a broken play. I'm telling you, when Brady threw it up, I thought he was going to get intercepted. But 
when Brady throws that ball, Gronk is not open yet. Gronk is turning to run. Uh, he had kind of turned his hips and, and shifted himself like he was going to run down the field into the open area, but he wasn't there yet. He hadn't even started to get there when Brady let it go. That, it was just it was pure anticipation by both Brady, who had kind of scrambled, and it was almost a broken play. He had missed, you know, messed around in the pocket a little bit, but just tremendous anticipation from Brady, who knew he had an open field past the, the defender who was guarding Gronk, and by Gronk himself, who, who knew exactly where he needed to go with the ball, uh, for the ball, to, to get a big play and eventually score the touchdown. And, of course, he finished it off uh, with a long run, broke a tackle down by the 10-yard line, and, and got in for his first touchdown. Uh, Gronk a major factor yesterday as well before he went out. Six catches and I think 110 yards and a score for the big tight end. So good for good to see them get back to form in this one. Elsewhere on offense, offensive line generally a pretty solid game uh, all the way around. Cannon comes in. Marcus Cannon comes in. It was uncertain whether or not he was going to play in the game due to an injury. He does end up playing it and plays pretty well. Uh, Cameron Jordan... May, I might have had a sack or, or a tackle for loss, but his name didn't really show up on the stat sheet much. And if there is a strength uh, on the Saints' defense, it's, it's on their line, and, and you didn't hear about him much yesterday. So good game for the offensive line. The running game uh, wasn't necessarily a big part of the game plan. Uh, I think the game plan was let Brady go to work on this secondary, which got shredded by Sam Bradford and got even more shredded by Brady yesterday. You can understand why that is the case. But the run game did produce a touchdown. Mike Gilsley gets his fourth of the season. Uh, he has, I think, 14 or 15 carries, a few carries to Burkhead and to, to, to James White. Uh, Deion Lewis, once again, is not a big part of the game plan. It's, quite frankly, questionable why he's even on the team if he's not going to be involved in the offense more than that. But uh, we'll get to that in a little bit, too, because there's there's some questions on the defensive side of the, the, the ball there as well. But, uh you can't really blame, say too much bad about the offense in a game when they hung 30 on the Saints in the first half. Uh, would have been 31 if not for the missed, missed extra point. Uh, they only scored six points in the second half, but it could have been an awful lot more. Uh, they they had the ball after the, the Saints scored a touchdown to, to pull within 16 points. The Patriots got the ball again and marched it down the field and essentially just stopped the drive at the 19-yard line. Uh, ran it a couple times into the line, took a delay a game penalty, and punted it back to the to the Saints with like a minute and a half or left or so. So it easily could have been 39, if not 43 uh, or 42, depending on how the the offensive coaches wanted to play that. But uh, it was a 16 point win. Quite frankly, quite frankly, the game was not that close, especially the Patriots' offense against the Saints' defense. As many expected, was no contest. Uh, and uh, so they get the job done on offense. They get back to the rhythm, and uh, it's a nice game for them moving forward. Now you look at the Patriots' defense against the Saints' offense. Uh, you knew they had some serious kinks to work out, and they still do after the Saints' game or the Chiefs' game. Uh, Breeze is able to move the ball you know, fairly well. He still threw for an awful lot of yards. I think he threw for something along the lines of 340 yards and two scores. Uh, they were able to get a bunch of big plays again. Uh, they got a big throw to uh, to Coleman down the left sideline on Stephon Gilmore on another miscommunication. Uh, they're able to get a bunch of drives together, even that don't end in points. 
do you know you do want to credit the Patriots defense though for shutting those drives out uh, on third and eight at some point I think it was in late maybe late in the second quarter or in the third quarter the Saints were on a drive third and eight the Patriots stopped it uh, they they brought the field goal unit out the Saints did. Uh, the Patriots jumped offside on the field goal, so it became a fourth and three, and Sean Payton elected to go for it, putting the Saint from his own or from the Patriots, I think, 19-yard line. He wanted to get six points because he knew his defense couldn't stop Brady. Uh, and credit the Patriots, they came with a good rush on that play, and they forced it in completion, so they, the drive ended without any points. Uh, so the Saints are able to move the ball fairly effectively against the Patriots' defense. That wasn't totally unexpected. Uh, with a Drew Brees offense inside his own building. There are still some issues on that side of the ball, especially in the secondary. Uh, they were playing with Devin McCourty, their captain, who was kind of banged up. He was even questionable to play before the game. Dante Hightower did not play in this game with a uh, with, with the knee injury. Hopefully he'll get him back on Sunday. Uh, Alan Branch is a big storyline to watch for. Alan Branch, who... You know, Belichick called his best, his most consistent defensive lineman all season. He only played six snaps in this game. And I don't know if that was part of the game plan because they, they knew the Saints were going to throw it more or whether he was in the doghouse after a game last week where he was, him and the rest of the defensive line were really taken apart by the Chiefs' offense. But uh, he only played six snaps. We'll see how that affects him and see how the Patriots want to want to play that one going forward. Uh, but all in all, not a dominating performance, not a great performance by any stretch, but a decent one by the defense. Defensive line does well, gets a few sacks. Dietrich Wise comes up huge in the game. Uh, and it's a game that the defense probably wins in the long run. And, and when I say it's a game that the defense probably wins in the long run, I mean the, the, they win the matchup against the Saints offense uh, wire to wire in this one. If you're going to hold Breeze to 20 points, uh, and seven of them were, were kind of pretty much meaningless. They, they came in the fourth quarter when the, the outcome had already been decided. You know, you've done pretty well, and, and they've got some sacks. Like I said, they made some big plays. They didn't turn them over, but they, they made a couple of big plays to preserve the victory. So uh, it's a win for the defense, all things considered, and they get back on track in this one for certain. If there is a concern coming out of this game, it is undoubtedly on the injury front. Uh, after a... a a season opener that saw them lose a bunch of guys to injury. They only dressed three wide receivers healthy for this game. The Patriots lose a bunch more players uh, on one side or the other. Gronk leaves the game with a groin injury, does not return. Uh, after the game, they, they, they tried to talk to him. He declined to speak, but he told reporters that he was good, seemingly in reference to the injury. Uh, speculation after the game seems to indicate that the injury is minor, but the situation obviously bears further scrutiny. Uh, we'll see how he responds to, to treatment and practice this week. Uh, Chris Hogan got hurt. He hurt his knee. He ended up leaving the game and then coming back to the game. Uh, so I think he had something like eight catches as well. Pretty solid effort, pretty gritty effort from a guy who wasn't 100% knew his team needed him. Philip Dorsett got hurt. Dorsett had a few catches. and Like I said, he was the third out of three wide receivers uh, dressed in this game in only a second game in a Patriots uniform. Uh, he got hurt. He hurt his knee or his foot. I forget exactly which one. He didn't return, so that bears further watching. Rex Burkhead hurt his ribs. He only played eight snaps in the game. One of them was a touchdown catch, which was nice to see, in which he made a really good move and beat a linebacker uh, on a fly route from Brady from about 20 yards away. He hurts his ribs. He doesn't return. 
so they're, the, the, the backfield gets a little banged up. By the end of the game, the Patriots only had one healthy wide receiver, and that was Brandon Cooks. So uh, the offensive side of the ball is already beset with the injury bug. After a season, and I, 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 I've said this before and I'll say it again, one of the reasons the Patriots were able to be so successful last year was that they largely, except for Gronkowski, steered clear of injuries. The, the offensive line went wire to wire. That hadn't happened the year before. The receiving core, all things considered, was pretty healthy. Again, except for Gronkowski in the middle of the season. And they had Martellus Bennett last year to kind of clean up some of the slack on that. Uh, but the offense as a whole last season was very, very healthy, whereas the season before it had been unhealthy. And really, injuries had taken its toll. Well, this year they're already hit. They're already hitting. Uh, pretty much the entire skill position allotment for the Patriots is now nicked up at the very least. So with a week in the concussion protocol, you'll see what Danny Amendola has to offer you in practice this week. Maybe he can get out of the protocol and help the, to help the roster a little bit. Maybe the injuries to Gronk and to Dorsett and to Hogan are not that bad, but they're certainly going to require treatment. Uh, but you're nicked up already. It's only week two. It seems like every team in the NFL has 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 had some injuries, and in, in like more so this year than in the past. But uh, so injuries bear further scrutiny. They, they, you're gonna have to watch them all all week long to see how uh, how how they how the players respond. Um, and you know, so Wednesday is gonna be an important day to see who practices and see who does not for the Texans if they can't get Hogan or Dorsett healthy this week, they're absolutely going to have to go and find another wide receiver. Uh, they can go get it off the practice squad. they got a couple players there. Uh, but they're absolutely going to have to find somebody else if they don't get those guys fully healthy and Amendola does not come back. So take a look at it this week. I mean, you know the Patriots' mantra is next man up, and that'll certainly be the case for this weekend. But they're really banged up at that position, so take a look and see what see how practice goes for them. The one thing I, I don't want to let go of, aside from the injuries, the one kind of commentary I have is on defense, where Malcolm Butler did not start this game. Uh, Eric Rowe was the featured cornerback opposite of Stephon Gilmore. Uh, he came into the game after Rowe got injured as well. That injury is not thought to be serious either, but Rowe left the game. He didn't return to it. Uh, it's not thought to be a serious injury, but again, we will see there. Uh, but Butler didn't start the game. He came in and nickel. He came in for Rowe after Rowe got hurt. He got beat again on a big play. Uh, he didn't have a good preseason. He did not have a good opener against the Chiefs. One has to wonder, one, did the contract issues with Butler in the offseason drag into the regular season? And did they dog him all camp? And is, is his attitude did his attitude sour because of that? And two... Is he in the Patriots' doghouse? Did he do something, or is that attitude problem an issue for him and Bill Belichick because, and Matt Patricia? Because the performance simply hasn't been there for Malcolm Butler for two games this season. Now, the season is young. It's way too early to jump off a bridge. Uh, obviously, the only way that Malcolm Butler is going to get paid this offseason is if he plays well. So you would expect that he's going to make some kind of effort to, to – to up his game, to do better, to watch film. Because, you know, like I said, one way or the other, you don't get paid unless you play well in your contract year. So it's it's that's that's a situation that really is going to be 
interesting to watch to see if if Belichick goes with Eric Rowe or continues to go with Eric Rowe in the starting lineup opposite of Gilmore. You know, the Patriots love to play three safeties on the field at one time. They didn't do a ton of it yesterday, although Deron Harmon was in for several snaps. Uh, Patrick Chung struggled a few a little bit in coverage, and McCourty was hurt. Uh, they love to play big nickel with the three safeties, so they, they don't have three cornerbacks on the field as much as some other teams. Uh, Jonathan Jones came in after Rowe got hurt. Th- your three cornerbacks after Rowe got hurt were, were Gilmore Butler and Jonathan Jones, and Jonathan Jones came in and played pretty well. Probably his best game on defense in a Patriots uniform. Uh, so... You know Belichick loves these undrafted guys or these these young free agents that undrafted free you know late round draft picks undrafted free agents. You know Belichick loves them because they work their tails off. That's how Malcolm Butler became Malcolm Butler. Uh, so if Malcolm Butler is out there dogging it in practice, and if Belichick doesn't like the effort, he's obviously not going to play all that much. Belichick will not hesitate to put a guy in ahead of him. Uh, but. Butler is better than this. Butler is, an, is a top echelon cornerback in the league, and, and he's worked himself into that. Uh, if, if he's anything but that, I mean, Eric Rowe at his best is not as good as Malcolm Butler at his best. Uh, Stephon Gilmore needs to play better. There's no question about that. But the, the Butler situation is an interesting one. We'll see some analysis this week on how he played and, and what the Patriots are going to do with him. The other situation on defense that quite frankly astounds me is David Harris. Uh, David Harris didn't even play a snap yesterday. And I think he only played like two or three in the opener against the Chiefs. I don't understand what they're doing with Harris. If you you can surmise that they don't want to put him on the field against teams that are going to throw it all the time. Uh, and they thought the Saints were going to throw it all the time yesterday, and they did. The Chiefs ended up throwing a bunch uh, in the opener as well, and they don't want Harris out there who can be a, a liability in coverage against tight ends and running backs. But why even have him in the game? Why even have him on the roster if, if, if you're only going to play him on obvious running situations? It, it doesn't make a ton of sense to me. I mean, when, when, when they signed him, they gave him a two-year contract in training camp. I had initially thought that that was anything but a lock, that, that Harris was going to come in and, and need to prove that he was versatile and need to prove that he was a valuable addition to the locker room before Belichick gave him a roster spot. Uh, his spot, there was almost no controversy over his roster spot in training camp. It was thought to be a lock from people in the know from the beginning. But if he's not going to play, except for obvious running situations, it, it doesn't seem wise to have him on the roster at all. And quite, I mean, they, they, they love Kyle Van Noy in there, and, and they love some other guys way more than they love him right now. So... The Harris thing is is confounding to me. The Patriots knew what they were doing yesterday. They got a convincing win, uh, but next week they play a game. They play a team who's going to want to run it a lot more in the Texans. They don't have the passing offense that the Saints do. So, if he does not play next Sunday, that will be a very very big storyline. So the week ahead for the Patriots, uh, it's a normal week for them. Back to the, the the full week that you know you don't have an extra 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 rest period like you did last week. Uh, off day, Belichick will have a press conference today. Uh, off day tomorrow, back to practice on Wednesday when you'll get your first part- practice participation report. Uh, full injury report will come Friday. And then the game on Sunday, the week three game, is back in Foxborough against the Houston Texans. And this is a team with a very, very formidable defense. That has not uh, waned at all in the past in the, in the first two weeks of the season. 
led by J.J. Watt. And, of course, the last time the Patriots played the Texans uh, was in the playoffs last year. Everybody thought it was going to be a laugher. The Patriots played one of their worst games on offense all season in that one. They ended up winning comfortably in the second half by 18 points, but uh, it was not easy. The offensive line had tremendous blocking problems. Uh, Whitney Merciless and Jadevian Clowney gave the line headaches, especially David Andrews had a rough one. Uh, that Texans defense did not even have J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt is back and healthy now, so their, their defense is formidable. It's going to be the best defense. I think the Chiefs defense is quite good, and they showed it again yesterday against the Eagles, but the Texans defense is even better. Uh, so it'll be the best chance or the best defense the Patriots have faced all season, you know, this season so far. It'll be one of the better ones they face all season long until they probably play Denver, I think. I think they play Denver later in the season, but... Uh, the, the, the Texans defense is quite good. Uh, their offense is not. They're run by a rookie quarterback in Deshaun Watson. Uh, they had a lot of trouble scoring against a Bengals defense, which isn't all that great on Thursday night. They did eke out a 13-9 win uh, after uh, Watson scored the only touchdown of the game on a long touchdown run. Uh, but So you would think this is a matchup that favors the Patriots in their own building. Uh, but it's a tremendous defense, and it's going to be a big challenge for the Patriots' offense. They, they, they're not playing the Swiss cheese defense that the Saints offer anymore. So that's the game. It's Sunday at 1 in Foxborough. you got all week to prepare for it. We'll obviously follow the team as they, as they get closer to it. But for now, that's our Patriots coverage after a good 36-20 win against the New Orleans Saints. So with football in the rearview mirror, let's turn our attention to baseball. We're into the last two weeks of the season. The Boston Red Sox had a three-game series against the Tampa Bay Rays over the weekend. They win the series. They won two out of three. They won Friday in an epic game, which they, they you know, they're pretty happy they won it now. They came from three back. They were down five to two going into the ninth inning in a game that Chris Sale pitched and didn't pitch particularly well. Uh, they scored three times in the, in the top of the ninth inning to tie the game. They ended up needing 15 innings, but eventually they scored, I think, seven runs, maybe even, yeah, seven runs in the top of the 15th inning to finally put the, the, the Rays away. Uh, Saturday, they got a really big start, a really important start from Rick Porcello. Seven and a third innings, only allowed a single run in his last inning of work. They beat a guy who really terrorizes them and Alex Cobb. Uh, they beat Cobb on, uh, on Saturday. Uh, they did lose the finale of the, of, of the series yesterday, 3-2. Uh, to two. And Eduardo Rodriguez pitched that game, took a loss. Didn't pitch particularly poorly, uh, but also didn't pitch great. He threw a ton of pitches and couldn't make it out of the sixth inning. So they won two out of three. I suppose the nice thing is the Yankees did the exact same thing. They won going away. The Yankees won going away Friday and, and Saturday. They lost to Baltimore yesterday in a game that they tried to come back on. They got got down six to one, put two guys on, cut it to six to four, put two guys on in the in the bottom of the ninth against Zach Britton, uh, but Britton struck out Gary Sanchez to end the game. So the the season se or the, the the standings and the picture is exactly the same now as it was at the beginning of the weekend. The Red Sox have a three game lead. In the division, the magic number is now down to 11 to win the division. To clinch a playoff spot, it is much less. It's all the way down to six 
after what happened this weekend. So the Red Sox are going to be in the playoffs. The Yankees almost certainly are also going to be in the playoffs. Uh, but the race for the division is far from over. Two weeks left. The, the Red Sox go on and finish a, a, a well, they're going to finish a nine-game road trip. They have six more this week in which to do it. They're going to start tonight in Baltimore, a team that they've struggled with this season. They've given them trouble. Um, they've got some favorable pitching matchups in the seat in the series, but three against Baltimore begin tonight uh, at seven o'clock. Doug Fister gets the ball, coming off a rough start in his last one, his first bad one in a little while. He gets the ball tonight. Drew Pomeranz will get it tomorrow night, and then Chris Sale will try to rebound from one of his worst starts in a little while on on Wednesday. So they've got three pitchers going against Baltimore that they want to see. They will then turn around, get an off day, and then play on in Cincinnati to cap off the final road trip of the season before they finish with seven games in Fenway. Uh, but we'll start with three in Baltimore tonight. The Yankees, meanwhile, begin a three-game series at home with the Minnesota Twins. And again, they only play three more road games this season. They play three with the Twins at home. They go on the road this weekend, and then they, they finish with all, with all home games as well. So the Yankees aren't going anywhere and they're really hitting the ball, uh, so they're not going any anywhere. This division is far from over at this point. The big story of yesterday's game is that Mookie Betts left it with a bruised thumb. Uh, he says he's okay. Again, Mookie Betts is a huge part of this team's offense. I don't care how subpar his season may or may not be going. He's a big part of the offense. He's the most important part of the offense. They can't afford to lose him for any length of time. Uh, he says he's fine. We will see if that's the case if he's in the lineup tonight. Uh, but Fister tonight, need a win against in the series against Baltimore. We will recap the game tomorrow and get into a little bit more analysis uh, after after the game this evening. So that's our show for this Monday. Uh, obviously Patriots heavy, trying to recap the game and the stories coming out of the game from yesterday. We will do a lot more with the Red Sox this week. The Bruins also open preseason play tonight in Montreal actually it's in, uh, against Montreal in Quebec uh, so we will do a lot more with them and a lot more with the other teams and of course the Sox as the as the week goes along so for now that's the podcast for today make it a great Monday we will see you tomorrow morning this has been the Wicked Awesome Boston Sports Podcast see you tomorrow everybody bye-bye